0: The Tar Heels just won. Let's see how I did. Oh, I don't even have to go down the board that far, cause, boom, I'm number one, bitches! I won my pool! I won my pool! 133 points! Woo, 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 woo! Kicked my family's ass, and my dad's friends. Oh yeah. I'm gonna win some cash. Number one, number one. That's me, money
1: after money. Boom. Hey, yum's the word. Haven't you heard the yum's the word? It was
0: started by a bird. My name is Robin. And her hair has lots of curls. Actually, I blow it out a lot. Two stories, some awkward. Like wetting the bed next to your boyfriend. Pretty funny and absurd. Like your boss tickling your side boob. So Welcome, all you nerds. And cool people, too. This is for everyone, except kids. Yum's the word. Hey, everybody! Welcome to Yum's the word. I'm Robin Gelfenbein and I'm Alex Folden. And at the top, you heard me celebrating my big win last year when I won my family's March Madness pool. Oh my god, I was so excited! I've never, ever won in the history of us doing this, and that's a very long time. Um, how much did I win? How much did you win? I don't know. I I never got the money. (laughs) It's called the Gelfinbein Bracket Racket. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And for this year's tournament, I am currently tied with two people for first place and one person for second place, Um, which I know seems sort of strange, but I usually put in three entries. And by the way, I don't put a tremendous amount of thought into this. I mean, I'm familiar with college hoops. But I try to um, predict as many upsets as I can. And I don't know if you heard about this, Alex, but uh, this never has this has never happened in the tournament where a 16 seed beat a number one seed. That was a big deal. And that happened the other day. I didn't pick University of Maryland, Baltimore County, who was the 16th seed, who beat Virginia. So that kind of fucked up a lot of people's pools. But I did pick uh, Loyola at Chicago because my sister Jill went there and of course I picked my alma mater Syracuse and I'm pumped because Syracuse almost didn't even make it into the tournament they they played in what's called the first four made it into the uh, 64 teams and then they've been kicking ass and just on this past Sunday they beat number three Michigan State it was a total nail-biter Nobody predicted it, and this is how I have gotten such kick-ass uh, standings in my pool as so I'm really fired up. And this Friday, they are headed to the Sweet 16. Now, uh, you don't follow the tourney at all, right?
2: So the 16th seed is more fertile than the first seed, and it's uh, gonna it's gonna sprout. It's, <laughs> no, I don't follow it.
3: Ah,
0: <laughs> nice. Well, thank you for indulging me because it is really exciting. I, I was
2: having more fun watching you batter them. I know I
0: noticed that. <laughs> do you need me to re-record anything? Nope,
2: we're gonna just All go right, with it. Very <laughs> animated.
0: I am like. Well, they, let, let's be fair. It's not it's, like there, there's you a. You got t- a little bit of enclosed space. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. It's like, You're very I mean, passionate. I am. Arms swinging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also <laughs> Jewish and Italian. This is what my people do. Um, but anyway, we are so we're playing the Sweet 16. It's this Friday. Uh, we're playing against Duke, and that is a Huge deal because they are an enormous rival in the uh, ACC conference. Also, also, I'm sh- you, you. I'm must, on the edge of my seat. You mu- clearly, <laughs> you must know that Duke is like a powerhouse in college hoops, right? Do you know at least that much? Sure. Oh, shit. Alex, really?
2: <laughs> you Just a moment ago, you didn't know what 4K TV was.
0: Yeah, but so what? You have your thing, I have mine. <laughs> Thank you for also outing me on that. <laughs> fine. You don't know who. T- anything right, about exactly. Duke. I get it. I get it. Um, it's fine. It's fine. Um, but it's been really fun because as soon as Syracuse won the other day, I was already talking smack. Like, right out of the gate. That is like one of my favorite things about the tournament because I believe in my school 100%. Very few people do. And I'm always like, nope, they're going to kick your ass. And then I'm like, suck up, which starts with S <laughs> U. Yeah. Anyway, I kind of get, I get way into it. I get way into it.
2: I get it. I, yeah. I, I totally, the, the, the joy that comes from shit talking the people you love is mm-hmm. very
0: deep. Oh, yeah. I, I derive great pleasure from that oh yes because I've been doing it for my entire life <laughs> given that like Syracuse Yukon were rivals for a long time the other thing and I think this is a very uh, a very very good sign for Syracuse because I have a lot of influence in how they're going to do on Friday <laughs> <laughs> is that this episode is number 44 which is a legendary number at Syracuse I'm just gonna say I don't think it's an accident Alex <laughs> <laughs> the reason number 44 is such a big deal is because Jim Brown um, Jim Brown Ernie Davis and Floyd Little who are all incredible running backs wore that number and so it's it's a big deal if you get that jersey number whether it's football or basketball and Derek Coleman and John Wallace were for um, college basketball and they've now since retired it so we're going to let that live on through our podcast episode today.
2: So when you sports ball, number 44 will make you the most fertile seed in the sports ball.
0: You guys can't hear this, Did I get but this I am right? shaking my <laughs> head like, what in the fuck are you talking about, Alex? <laughs>
2: you with your sports ball. Sure. Keep an, no, no, I, you no, know, you with your sports ball. And
0: you with your fertility. <laughs> <laughs>
2: you just said seeds. I'm just I'm just trying mm-hmm. to follow down this rabbit hole.
0: That you could have gone seeds of the day.
2: Mm, no, fertility seemed mm-hmm. seemed right.
0: <laughs> more fertile ground there for you. <laughs> anyway, since I'm such a huge college hoops fan and I clearly love the tournament, uh, today's episode is all about March Madness of a very different kind. These stories have absolutely nothing to do with basketball and everything to do with crazy things these storytellers have done. Am I right, Alex? So right. It's insane. In fact, one of the stories is so nuts that it's garnered almost 2 million views on our YouTube channel. That is enormous. First of all, that's a first for us. And second of all, this story is absolutely, absolutely insane.
2: It's, yeah, it's uh a few things have dropped my jaw like this one mm-hmm. and yeah and the time that we've been doing that yeah
0: yeah <laughs> so all right so let's get right to it first up is Dawn Fraser Dawn has spoken at TED NYC and she's appeared on the Moth main stage Story Collider Risk and the Unchained Tour She's also the host and creator of the Live Storytelling series and upcoming podcast barbershop stories which takes place in a barbershop which is super cool yeah um and this is her story about the hairy situation see what i did there alex (laughs) the hairy situation she got herself into when she was traveling
3: in brazil oh because barbershops any travelers in the house yeah yeah definitely i feel you I feel you. Uh, Well, this is a time about when I was in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Copacabana Beach on a hammock, in complete love with this city. I'm like sitting there like eating coconut and like mango and fish and there's this big huge huge, like Christ statue that's like overlooking the city as if it's like forgiving the city of its sexiness, you know? (laughs) It's like I'm not so sure what it's for. But it is just magnificent. And like people growing up had like like, idols or like you know celebrity crushes. My crush was Brazil. Like I had a good celebrity country because Brazil was everything I wanted to be. I wanted to be sexy, I wanted to be suave, and that was I wanted to be like multicultural, and that's what Brazil was to me. So I was going to be loving my role here. I was brand new to the country, and I had only two responsibilities my entire time. One was to go around giving speeches about what it was like to be black in America, which I totally got. Like, I can, I can talk about being black in America. <laughs> Trust me. And the second thing was I had to learn Portuguese and become more fluent with the people and the language to be an ambassador of goodwill, which I was very good at being an ambassador of much goodwill. So this was going to be the perfect time of my life. Uh, but when I get there, I don't really know many people. I need to, like, make some friends. And so I'm hanging out of the subway one day, and I see this, this beautiful woman with, like, dark, dark skin, and she has these braids. And I know I got to look good in order to, like, you know... Make my sexy, get my sexy on, you know what I'm saying? So I approached her and I said, excuse me, like, where did you get your braids done? They're absolutely fabulous and I want to get some just like it. And she's very impressed. She's like, oh, well, this, these, are, these are done by, by my, my friend, Hijani." Uh, and I was like, can I get her number? Does she have a salon? She's like, oh, yeah, she, she works out of a house. I'll give you her number, uh, but I'll come with you when you get your hair done. I'm like, okay, that's cool with me. I don't know why, but whatever. And so, Hijani and Ivana come to my place two days later for me to get my hair done. And I'm starting to feel good. I'm starting to feel sexy. I'm starting to look like me, Brazilian new me. And as I'm getting new into my character, Ivana and Hijani, they're starting to get a little intimate. <laughs> and I was like, what's going on here? And then finally, Hijani turns to me and she's like, oh, we're like a, like a couple? Are you cool with that? And I was like, am I cool with it? I'm from San Francisco. <laughs> and then look at me like what? And I was like, basically meaning like all my friends are either gay or like bi or if they're not, they're like left of the spectrum. Okay, all of them. So yeah, this is cool. And plus I just befriended lesbians that are a couple. Like I just like, my cool point just like went out the roof. Like this is, this is gonna be awesome. And, and so we start hanging out and and I'm loving hanging out with Ivana and Hijani because they're showing me all the things it's like to be a Brazilian. Like going to soccer games and they say to me, Don, say mano ku, like really, really loud. And so I yell it out, Vaito no ku. And everyone's like yelling and chanting. And they're like, and I was like, what does that mean? And they're like, Doma means like take. I was like, yes. And like cool means ass. I was like, oh, take it up the ass. <laughs> Got you. Vaito no ku. And like everyone's like chanting, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is awesome. I love this. <laughs> and they're teaching me that you can't ever go out of a Brazilian meal without the cidera, which is the drinky after your last (laughs) drinky. Words like this exist. And saudade, this word that just means like a longing for, for life and for love that doesn't really exist in English because, of course, in Brazil, they have words that don't exist in English. And I'm just loving everything about this. And as I'm becoming more and more passionate about Brazil, I want to be more and more like them. And they start asking me questions about what it's like to be a black American, which is great because I got this thing down. And they were like, well, why, why, why Bushi is your presidency? Bush was our president. And I was like, I don't know why Bush is our president. I didn't vote for that fool, you know? Don't ask me these kind of questions. Like, well, why, why America want to wage war? I was like, I don't know why. I mean, these are questions I can't even answer in English, let alone Portuguese. You know, like, what do I say? And so, and as I'm talking about this, I'm I'm wanting to shed all of these things that are American, like the ego, the war, President Bush. I don't want to get rid of it all. I don't want to be affiliated with any of it. I just want to be more and more Brazilian. So I just keep on hanging out with them, learning their ways, just driving cars in the middle of the street, like, you know, just... uh, (laughs) Not obeying any of the street lights, you know, because that's waiting for a carjacking, FYI. 12 o'clock at night, don't do it, don't stop at red lights. But, and it's, it's freeing, it's amazing. And so I continue hanging out with Hijani and Ivana and finally there's this one day when we're going to this party way, way out, about an hour away from Rio de Janeiro. And we jump in the taxi and we get to the party and I finally see my people, the weed smokers. <laughs> They're over in a corner, I befriend them immediately and I start asking about the weed. Where did you get it from? Like, how do I get more? They show me this little brick that looks like a little piece of shit actually with like seeds and sticks. And I was like, this is your weed? Like I'm from San Francisco, this is horrible. (laughs) But I'm gonna smoke it because I have it and I haven't had weed in a long time. And so I'm loving this. I'm finally high, I'm doing my life, I'm, I'm doing everything. And then finally, we're heading back home. And as we're heading back home in the taxi, it's about an hour back into Rio de Janeiro. But on the side of the street, there's like this, this cop car. And the cop car is like pulling over like all of the vehicles that are coming from where we're this part of town. And so the cop car, so we pull over and we're standing there and the cop says, okay, can everybody please come out of the vehicle? And I turned to Ivana and Hijani, and I was like, why? And they were like, they're like, you know, they're suspecting that we have drugs, so they're gonna search the car. And I was like, oh, okay. So I take my purse, I step outside, and then three other officers show up, four in total, and they're searching everything. They're looking under the hood, they're like looking under the, the tires, they're opening the glove compartments, they're talking to the driver, and I'm just like, kind of sweating there like, like, what are they doing? And Ivana is just like, just don't worry about it. Just let's, you know, just let them do their thing. And I was like, okay, this is kind of odd. <laughs> but then they walk over to me and the rest of us. And they said, can we see your belongings, please? And I said, N-, and I look at her like, why? Like, why would they do this? And they're like, because they can. And so I was like, okay. So I hand over my purse. And they start opening all the compartments. And they're opening my wallet. They're opening everything that I have. My tampon case which just so happens to have a little bit of weed that I took from the party. And the police pick it up, and they turn to Ivana, and they say, what is this? And Ivana doesn't know anything about this. She says, I don't know. What is that? And they turn to me, and I was like, um, <laughs> what had happened was, and now my Portuguese is broken down. I cannot say anything. I'm just like, I kind of, you know, was at the party and I was having a good time, and I'm from San Francisco. And they're like, "What does that mean?" I was like, "Everyone could smoke weed in San Francisco." They're like, "You can't smoke weed here." And I was like, "Well, I was, I was taking it from the party to Rio de Janeiro." And then the, the cop looks at me, and he takes Ivana and Hijani, and they walk away, and they start just like talking, 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 and I'm not understanding anything. Bah, 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 bah. I don't know what the hell is going on. They come back to me. And Ivana says, Don, why are you lying? I was like, what do you mean, why am I lying? They're like, they think that você é um traficante. That you are a drug trafficker. I'm like, why am I a drug trafficker? I have this much weed that looks like shit that doesn't even like, <laughs> taste good. You know? And they're like, because you're taking weed from one place to another place. That's the definition of a traficante. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, okay. Please, just get me out of this situation. I don't know what to say. I don't have the Brazilian away. I'm clearly not as Brazilian as you. Please, just get me out of this situation. And so they start talking again. Blap, bap, 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 bap. And I'm on the side of the road. The police realize that I'm American and that I probably have money, which I don't. (laughs) But they are going to insist that I give them money. But I have nothing on me, so Ivana turns and, he says, and she says, Don, like, you're gonna have to find some money some way. And I have one American friend in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, a half hour away. I call her up, it's one o'clock in the morning, and I say, look, Katie, I gotta get some money and quick. And, and she's like, well, what's going on? I was like, I can't explain, but I'm on the side of the road. These cops want some money from me, like right now. Can you please just hook a sister up? And she's like, uh, yeah. And so I wait as Ivana, Hejani, and the driver leave me on the side of the road with four police officers to go drive back into Rio to go get money so that I can become free of being now a hostage. <laughs> and I am shitting bricks because it is <laughs> one o'clock in the morning and now it's two o'clock in the morning. Now it's three o'clock in the morning. And now it's four o'clock in the morning and I don't think that they're coming back for me. And I don't know if I'm gonna be locked up abroad. And the show isn't even out yet. So I am just waiting and finally around five o'clock in the morning, a taxi car comes back. It's Ivana, she has the money. She hands it to the police officer. I jump in the taxi and I'm gone. And I'm pissed, I'm turning red, I'm mad. I turn to her, I'm like, what the hell was that? Like. The police can just like open up the cars and just go through my shit she's like yes they can open up your car and just go through your shit i was like why can they do that and she's like because they can and i was just flabbergasted i didn't know what to say because this entire time i was trying to be more brazilian more sexy more jidia, more everything at this moment all i wanted was to know that I had some type of rights and I didn't know any more like who I was or if I wanted to be American or if I wanted to be Brazilian or like what the hell. All I knew in that moment was that I was grateful for my freedom. Thank you. That was Dawn Fraser. You can find
0: Dawn on Instagram and Facebook at Dawn J Fraser, that's Fraser with an S. She's also an instructor with The Moth. You know who else teaches storytelling, Alex? We do. Yeah, boy. I like to call our workshops Storytelling fun One," And we do them for businesses. We do them for individuals. Like if you want to work on your own story or if you want to become a better presenter or maybe a little bit more charismatic on a date, whatever you need it for, you can check out our upcoming workshops on our site at yumswordshow.com slash workshops. Okay, next up is a hilarious message I got from my fellow Syracuse grad, auntie, about something really exciting that I got to do recently.
1: Robin, Nan just called me and told me you got a commercial. How come you didn't call me? Oh my God, I do not know about it. What, who's it for? You're a dentist? You gotta call me. I'll
3: be in and out all day, but
1: my goodness... If I
3: don't
0: hear from you, I'll just call you back. I hope you are something else. I tell you, I love you. Goodbye. She thinks I'm something else? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly she is something else. Uh, what was your favorite part of that voicemail? Because I know you've heard a lot of voicemails over the years. How come you didn't call me? <laughs> <laughs> Said like a true Jew. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, the commercial that Auntie um, is referring to was such a dream. It was so much fun, and it was very hysterical. It's hilarious right now because Alex is yawning, and I have to tell you that is what I did for, <laughs> I'd say, like 90% of that spot. There were two of us in it. Um, it was I was playing a dentist, and I was a dentist who was extremely tired, and so I yawn the entire time, and I'm holding some equipment in my hand, like a drill or something, and my patient, as you would expect, is pretty nervous that I'm like, ah, 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 like barely audible for like what I'm saying. And he's like freaking out that I've got this drill in my hand. And I'm going to like, you know, uh, approach his face with it. And who right. knows what's going to happen? Um, and it was really funny during the audition because they said, you know, when you're yawning if you feel the need to stop just keep yawning and I was like that is easier said than done mm-hmm. that's like and then and then they, they would say to me oh also make sure you keep your eyes closed Alex is yawning again
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's because this story
3: is so riveting no I can't help it I'm you talking about yawning
2: yeah right yeah I think that might be it actually yeah cause like when I'm talking about it Is contagious
0: Yeah I think I'm going to start <laughs> Anyway And then it was It was funny Because they were like Okay make sure you don't Close your eyes And I'm like I kind of naturally Just do that right. Like if you If you're doing a Big yawn are. Yeah And it's all I was almost like It's telling me not to <laughs> Close my eyes when I sneeze You know um, But uh, yeah, I managed to do it. I'm a professional. <laughs> 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 anyway, so I booked it, and I was so excited, and it was really, really fun, and I'll let you guys know when it's when it's out. But what was super cool the day of the shoot was that I found out two things about this studio. Uh, first of all, it was where... This is so freaking cool. It was where Beyonce shot her single ladies video. Woo! Yeah. All the single ladies, all the single ladies, all the single ladies... Um And uh, I, th- I can't remember I don't think it's in our Instagram It was in one of our Instagram stories Because I was imitating that video As you do And the second thing that this studio is known for Is that they shot a ton of porn there Back in the day <laughs> So I went and checked out. Some of these rooms looked a little questionable. That's. <laughs> I was like, it was went into like my dressing room, and I'm like, interesting hmm. choice of decor. Is it safe to sit down? <laughs> um, yeah. So that was that was really really funny. And then the third part of it, which probably is actually my favorite part, is the guy who played my patient. Um, I found out when we wrapped that. I don't mean we were like poof, 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 licky licky, like not that kind of rapping. Is
2: that a, <laughs> that was a that, terrible? Is that bl- rapping? No, <laughs> <laughs> is that, <what>
0: that is. <laughs> I just did it spontaneously. I, like, that I is, want the I album. Don't give me think... your mixtape. <laughs> 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 well, you know, Alex, I'm pretty flattered. MC
2: Gelf, <laughs> you
0: know it. Licky <laughs> licky. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when we rapped, uh, meaning at the end of the day. I found out that the guy who plays uh, my patient in the spot is a character on Sesame Street. He is Elmo's friend.
2: Elmo's friend in a porn studio. I
0: know. I know. <laughs> I didn't even like put that together. That's so funny. <laughs> That's really... Oh, God. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Elmo loves you. <laughs> <laughs> <That got> anyway, <laughs> uh, moving on back moving to on. this episode. Um, so I don't know if you guys... Uh, are aware of this because I know a lot of people don't necessarily listen all the way to the end Um, but it is always worth it to do that because Alex and I on every single episode change the very last thing that you hear and sometimes it's a callback to something earlier in the episode sometimes it's something connected to something in the episode it's just it's always something really funny and we get very excited about it
2: it's never planned either it's always like we decide as we're closing the episode what Mm what
0: Mm-hmm. And usually, like, partway through our sessions, I'll be like, Alex, what are we going to... Like, I'm, I'm more, like, concerned about it. And you're like, Robin, don't worry about we'll, it. We'll, we'll know see. when we get there. Yeah.
2: Like in this one.
0: Yes. Yes. This one is good.
2: This one is... This one's actually
0: maybe my favorite. I was going to say, for me, it's top five. Yeah, it's top five. Definitely. So make sure that you listen all the way to the end in this episode in particular. And, you know, in future ones, absolutely for sure. Because... It is, it is always, like, a really fun moment. So, okay, next up is Josh Johnson. Josh is a writer for The Daily Show and a former writer and performer for The Tonight Show starring Jimmy Fallon. He's got a half-hour comedy special on Comedy Central, and the story you're about to hear has garnered almost 2 million views on our YouTube channel. This is his story about the creative and dangerous way he used to spend his free time when he was a teenager.
1: I grew up in Louisiana. Yeah, see. Whenever I do that, people some people will woo, but that's for New Orleans, which is the best part. Like New Orleans to Louisiana is like if you had the most beautiful blue eye, but your whole face was fucked up. Like that's what That's what it's like being from that state. Yeah. <laughs> But I did. I I grew up in Louisiana, and when I was 13 or 14, uh, my family got the first, like, home computer. Like, still, like, it looked, had a whole city behind it with a big monitor, but, like, it was a computer. And my mom was really excited because it meant now I could do my homework at home, and I wouldn't have to stay at the library for hours, and I was excited for different reasons. Right. And like I don't know if I'd scream it but I didn't have a lot of friends growing up. I had a couple. I had like I like the bunch, you know, like 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 the the type five, but like not a lot of friends to do things after school with or anything. I wasn't particularly athletic, so after school I just had to go home. Like (laughs) if you're not gonna play a sport or you're not gonna like join a like a mathlete's club, you have to go home. We can't just have you sitting here with the other kids that are doing things. <laughs> and so, so I went home, and I was also a point in my life where I was being left alone at home for the first time. So I was 14, and my mom's like, look, if you, if you die while I'm not here, you are never going to make it. So, like... <laughs> You need to start fitting it for yourself. You should know how to use an oven, you know? And so I would get home, and I'd beat my mom home by, like, one or two hours, you know? So I was just me at home alone with with the computer by myself for, like, one or two hours. And so I discovered Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I was so fascinated, like, the fact that you could look up all these, like, misconnections and and, like... Favors and and like odd jobs, and renting apartments. So I would just get home from school every day and just like read Craigslist. It's nonstop, just like like every fast like men seeking women, women seeking men, like like every. Part of Craig's I was I was just like people selling their car, but like trying to give the backstory so it, they could use words to somehow overshadow the beat up car that they were trying to sell. Like, there's a lot of history behind it because you don't know this car was the car that like Snoop Dogg rode in the back of in once and he, he got really sick and threw up. That's why there's that stain there. It's like a Snoop Dogg stain that like no one would have got otherwise. Like you can only get a Snoop Dogg stain in this car. And so I would do it. I would just read Craigslist every day after school. And I didn't tell anybody I was doing this, but I would be like really excited to get home. Like, I just be, be like, oh man, where are we gonna have now? Because, like, some, I'd even read the misconnection and be like, hey, look, I met you at, and we were at a club and you had, you had like hair and stuff. <laughs> And I remember you had one eyebrow, which is weird they didn't start with you had one eyebrow. You had the thing that most people have and one eyebrow. And we just had a great conversation. I couldn't really hear you, but, like, I could feel you. And so if you're reading this right now, hit me up. And so naturally, when you're 13, 14, whatever, you're not not a a person yet. So you're... (laughs) kind of a monster. And it wasn't long before I came home reading Craigslist every day before I decided to get involved. (laughs) And so I started just, like, starting these correspondence with people, you know, like, on misconnections or whatever. I pretend to be the person that they had the conversation. So I was like, yeah, baby, I got one eyebrow and the other one coming in, you know? (laughs) And I was just, I was doing it every day for like months. And then some people, I would give myself away by being too into it. And they know it wasn't the person and they wouldn't respond. But other people, we get like a long correspondence for a while. And I remember one day I was, you know, sitting at, at the computer, just really excited to get into it. It was just a Tuesday and I didn't have anything else to do. And this was a two-hour window day, not a one-hour window. And so on this particular day I was just scrolling through all of Craigslist and I saw that there was an ad. The ad just read join the KKK <laughs> <laughs> question mark <laughs> And so naturally I was like, Dope. And so I started a correspondence with this dude named Dale. And, like, I, I felt kind of bad, because, like, if you're hurting that bad in 2004 for recruitment, so that you need a Craigslist ad, then we must be making progress. Like, you know, the world's getting better. And so uh, I talked to Dale a little bit, you know, just emailing back and forth. I was like, hey, what's up? Um, I'm white. (laughs) (laughs) You wanna chill sometime and talk? And by chill, I don't mean the way black people use chill. I mean actually go somewhere cold (laughs) and uh, hang out together as uh, friends. And to my surprise, the next day, I had an email from Dale that was like, Hey, great to meet you. You seem like a cool guy. And and all of our correspondence for the first couple days was like the most basic. Just like, oh man, you like Star Wars too? So do I as well. Like I, just, I couldn't be natural on the thing. Like I was so nervous every time I typed. But then... Uh, once we really got like a like a rapport built up, he was like, "We should we should meet. I want you to meet the the brothers." And I was I was like, "That sounds great." <laughs> and I grew up in uh Alexandria, Louisiana, which if you've never been there, don't know what it is, you're doing fine. So I guess you don't need to. Um but there's this place, there's this uh, bar called Finnegan's. And I was like, hey, Dale, look, just meet me at Finnegan's and we'll sit down, we'll have a chat and everything. And then if you really like me, you can introduce me to the other brothers and we can all be a family. <laughs> and so the next day comes, and naturally I don't show up. I don't want to die. I was never going gonna- <laughs> gonna- to. That's, that'd be insane, That no. But he hits me up the next day after school, uh, and I should point out that like for two weeks, I was running home mainly to talk to Dale. I wasn't even reading Craigslist anymore. <laughs> I had six friends, and Dale was one of my best ones. <laughs> But I, I came home the other day, and 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 he was like, "Hey, I went to Finnegan's and I waited on you, and you didn't, you didn't come, man. Why would you stand me up like that?" And I was like, "Oh, dude, I'm so sorry." And so I came up with an excuse, and this is this is like you know, we're talking 2004. We're talking before like everybody had a cell phone, you know. So it's like some people still, you know, didn't just didn't have a cell phone, and they made plans and they went out and they did them, you know. Um, And so if there was a hiccup, you just had to roll with it because you couldn't just text someone like, hey, I'm totally not going to abide by the plan now. I've chosen a different plan. I'm letting you know now. So for a week, I just, like, kept getting Dale to eat and shop alone. Like... (laughs) Each time I had a great excuse. Like each time I was like, oh my mom fell and like like I I just had to be there with her and everything. And every day he understood. And he was like, you know what? You did the right thing, brother. You know? (laughs) And I and I remember one day especially he was particularly upset because he he had come home. Obviously come home emailed me that evening, but I didn't see it till the next day. And uh, and he was like, you never came to Target. I was in Target by myself for three hours. I bought a popcorn maker. I don't even need a popcorn maker. I was just in Target by myself and bored. And I was waiting on you. Now I got a popcorn maker in front of me. And what are you going to do about this popcorn maker? And I was like... Bruh, I'm so sorry. And by bruh, I do mean shorthand for brother, not the way that black people use it. Um, I'm so sorry. I just... Uh, you know, my, my girlfriend, uh, she tripped, and it was always women falling. Like I'm, I'm surprised that he never caught on. Every time it was like, oh yeah, my great aunt just hit a stair, or like, I, like, just the worst lies. I was a 14 year old idiot, and and I, and even now I'm like, wow, Like, I was alone with a computer, and I just catfished the clan. I can't think of anything dumber or more da- Porn would have been better. <laughs> porn would have been normal. You thought you were about to hear a story about porn. And instead, it just took a wild turn. And then finally, uh, you know, after, I think, it was, I think it was a week and a half, he was very resilient. Uh, they must be hurting for numbers. Because after a week and a half, he was finally like, okay, you know what? Ball's in my court now. I'm gonna set a time, I'm gonna set a place, and if you don't come, then don't ever talk to me again. (laughs) And I was like, fair enough, okay? You've been so patient with me, I really just wanna be part of the brotherhood, just let me know where I need to be. And then he picked Finnegan's again. There's not that many places to go in my town. (laughs) And naturally, uh, I didn't show up, I didn't hear from him again. And I've noticed this thing, this trend online, uh, that's kind of disheartening, where, like, now people are being called racist but for, like, nothing. Like, actually not Like, I'll, like I'm petty, so I'll read the whole thread. And I finish <laughs> the entire thread, I'm like, oh, that was it? I don't even think that's a thing, you know? Like, like, oh, you said this, you tweeted this one thing one time, you must be a racist, or, like, you vote this way, you must be a racist. You're a whole racist, by a person who doesn't know you. And I'll tell you, as like a black dude that grew up in the South I don't think you're racist until you go to your second club meeting, all right? Like, look. Because cause maybe the first one... Maybe your buddy Dale's invited you to a barbecue, all right? Everybody loves barbecue, okay? You get there, there's delicious barbecue. There's dry rib, there's sloppy, it's all happening. You see somebody put on a white hood, you're like, I don't know, the costume barbecue, that's a little odd. But you just keep eating, there's corn on the cob, there's collard greens, there's brisket, there's pulled chicken, it's all delicious. And then there's a burning cross in front of you, and you're like, I'm already here. I say this because it happened to my friend Jordan, okay? (laughs) He accidentally went to a Klan rally because without knowing what I was doing, my buddy Jordan, who was about three years older than me, actually met Dale. (laughs) And got invited to a barbecue. Turns out Klan rallies don't just start. They ease you in with a barbecue. (laughs) And he was like, I know what to do. I ate all the food. I can't miss the meeting. (laughs) So he stayed for the entire Klan rally and uh, went home immediately, called me, I came over, we talked about it. Turns out a Klan rally is exactly the thing a Klan rally is like, there were no spoilers. (laughs) But just past his head in the kitchen, I could see a to-go plate. And I was like, Jordan, 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 are those Klan ribs? (laughs) And he was like, yeah, and I was like, can I have some? <laughs> and it hurts me as a black dude that grew up in the South to say that the clan makes the best ribs. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what kind of rub that is. Who would have known that you can't taste racism? It's delicious, okay? It was to the point where I was like, I think you need to join. I need these every Sunday. These are amazing. Guys, guys I'm Josh Johnson. Thanks so much, everybody.
0: That was Josh Johnson. You can find Josh on Instagram at Josh Johnson Comedy and on Twitter at Josh Johnson. You can also check out his stand-up comedy album on iTunes, aptly titled I Like You. Alex, the more I hear the story, the more nuts it gets. It's amazing. It's
2: so funny. You can tell. You can hear me laughing the entire week. Yes, you can. You (laughs) totally can hear Alex laughing
0: throughout that whole thing. Um, And... Like I was saying that story's been blowing up on our YouTube channel, which is really exciting, and we have been bombarded by comments, and I'm the only one really monitoring these. Um, so I thought I would share some of my favorites from uh, the past couple of months. So these are th- these first few are pretty, pretty uh, cute. Uh, he sounds like normal SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like Kobe Bryant's son. Um, somebody just uh, about a week ago said, "I need more of him," which I thought was really sweet because he's a really talented storyteller. A ton of people have said have said he sounds like Childish Gambino or Donald Glover, which I can I can totally see. Uh, this one I read today: "How the fuck?" and that was from, "Hi, welcome to Chili's." Uh, somebody else wrote I have replayed this literally over five times today and that's saying a lot because that story is like 15 minutes long so it's like a good hour and 15 minutes so whoever's watched this uh, over five times today uh, thank you and what do you do for work (laughs) (laughs) okay this one you have to hang with me because this one is this first part I'm going to read to you is one sentence this might... I want you to time me. I'm just curious. Okay. <laughs> all right. Ready? All
2: right. I'm watching my second hand. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Go.
0: Most beautiful blue eye? This guy is horrible, making fun of people with different color eyes. Besides, his face is all fucked up in the video. It is blurry. He should really try to focus. I at first thought so. This is dry humor. Then I thought, wait, what humor... Wait. What humor he is... Wait. Wait what humor he is just telling his life stories then I thought he should have a reality TV show and use the fake laugh more often it won't make it any better however I feel like it would be better than Big Bang Theory maybe that is because I hate that show so bad they had to make a spinoff just to justify why I no longer watch TV
2: 40 seconds
0: holy shit I mean I I stumbled on one section okay so that's the first sentence and then he goes on I'm assuming it's a he Uh, my girlfriend's cat is way more funny than this guy. Perhaps I will have her audition her cat. Is Comedy Central that desperate they are recruiting from Craigslist? Meow. Laughter. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, meow, meow. Meow, 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 meow. meow. Wait, is, that, is the mic not on? Roar. Screams of panic. Cat from the street. Okay, that was all from Rogue Vigilante. <laughs>
2: It's rogue something.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's rogue, rogue lots of time rogue, on your hands.
2: Rogue 11-year-old. That's what that is. Yeah, right. I was
0: like, there's so much to unpack with that one, but I'm not even going to bother. <laughs> rogue Vigilante. Wow. Just, I don't even know where to start. Um, another one. <laughs> All it says is, girl in the crowd screams penis at one minute and 11 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall this happening. uh, Alex, can you go to the tape? I'm trying
2: to think of what the context for that is. I have no idea. Well, let's find it.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely look for it. Um, Yeah, I would love to hear it. Uh, And then this last one, fuck, this dude is awesome. Had me dying the whole time. Loved it. And that one, Alex, that comment was from Cosmic Cum. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: uh, cosmic Come would love uh, the titles to our podcast episodes. yes
0: <laughs> yes yes he or she would but I just have to wonder like what makes it so cosmic
2: I do not wonder that I, I'm not curious at all I, well I'm curious <laughs> just because I mean I love the alliteration but I'm like
0: <laughs> it's fascinating uh, yeah so uh, if you're interested in some uh, light in entertaining reading go to our uh youtube channel check look for josh's story and uh, read some of these crazy comments i can't believe how much uh how much people say and anyway so we have been getting uh all kinds of praise on our youtube channel for that story for a lot of the other storytellers' stories, which makes me really, really happy. And you know where else we're getting some love from our audience? On iTunes. Yeah, boy! Uh, so thanks to everybody who's left us a rating and review. We so appreciate it. And if you like what you hear and you feel compelled, uh, please do the same. Also, are you jonesing for some ice cream cake? It's been a while.
2: Oh, I'll- yeah. Well, <laughs> we did finish the final slice of the birthday cake and it's been three months yeah
0: Yeah. Alex's birthday is December 20th (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but you know what you literally milked it
2: (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I'm so ready for, for ice cream cake
0: yeah well you're in luck because our next show is only about a month away. And if you are not already on our mailing list, be sure to sign up for it on the bottom of our homepage at yumswordshow.com. So you can be the first or one of the first to get all of the deets. And we hope to see you there. The stories you just heard were recorded live at Le Poisson Rouge in New York City. The podcast is produced by me, Robin Gelfenbein. And me, Alex Folden. James Beer wrote our new music and the theme song is by Mark. Bradcliff. Special thanks to Megan Denine, Michael Cedar, Danny Artis, Carly Patron, Jen Waring, Zach Schusterman, Katie Riley, and of course, Auntie. I'm Robin Gelfenbein.
2: I'm Alex Fulton.
0: Thanks for listening.
2: Hope you get a piece.
0: Go Cuse!
2: Sports ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and until next time. I don't recall this happening. Alex, can you go to the tape?
1: And so I was excited for different reasons.
3: Come's <laughs> the, the word.